Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dyslexic Season 2, Episode 15. I know what you're saying, Scott. Why don't you have the soundboard? And listen, it's very it's very simple. I'm poor. Um, this week, we are hopping into that time rover once again to head back to the days where a little cricket posted a huge night spectacular. And if you don't know what I mean, you probably think I'm on drugs, but I'm not. Um he hosted this spectacular seven nights a week it razzled and dazzled millions and that's it's exactly what you think it is it is wishes we are going all the way back to wishes it's a theme park throwback episode y'all get ready (laughs) and who could be joining me on this exciting and emotional journey back in time well it's none other than the host of monoreal radio jackie and sean welcome guys and thank you for being on Thank you for having us. Yeah, we're excited to be here. I am ecstatic. I feel so underprepared with such professionals, and I am so excited to talk to you both. Um, <laughs> Listen, don't worry. We just make it. Both... Well. <laughs> um, I know you both really loved Wishes, but you also have very different thoughts um, what replaced it, and I can't wait to get uh, But before we do, I'm going to let everybody know a little brief very brief history of wishes because there's a lot that goes into it and some of it I just didn't understand because I don't know pyrotechnics. Uh, so on October 2003 it was uh, replaced by Happily Ever After um, on according to Wikipedia I had a time of 12 minutes. I know that's not true. It was or at least it felt like it. But I also couldn't see the show through my tears most of the time. So, uh, you know, fair enough. Maybe that's on me. <laughs> but it was a very popular fireworks show that many people loved and that even inspired uh, bits and pieces of the show. But that's enough of that history. Let's jump right in. Um, Jackie, let's uh, jump right in. Will you share some of your memories? Of well, Scott, I think you hit the nail on the head with talking about watching the show through your tears because that was me every single time. Um, I absolutely loved Wishes and we were so excited when you said that that was what we were going to be discussing today. Um, I I was like jumping out of my seat to to get to talk about it and revisit this. Um, It's really one of the things, other than my first trip to Disney, I was about eight years old and every trip after that wishes was always a part of it so us that wow factor that you get your first time in disney this is probably the thing that my memory is most tied to when i think about my earlier trips to the disney park um and i feel like this is also the show that i grew with as well because i remember very vividly I was on my senior trip in high school in 2004 and this was the first time that I had been to Disney without my family so it was just me and my friends and it was so cool being able to experience the parks independently and even though we were on our school trip and we did have to report back and check in there was just this new sense of freedom and I remember being so excited that I could experience Disney in a different way and still love it just as much as I did when I was a kid. And it was kind of comforting to know that even though I was growing up, the magic hadn't been lost at all. And then 
ironically, the next time I went back to Disney was the last time I was there with my family. That was in 2008 and Wishes was still going strong. Um, so I have that memory tied to watching it with my family one last time. And that was also when I graduated from college. So that was almost kind of like a farewell to those kids days visiting with my family. And then Wishes was also the fireworks show the first time that I went with Sean in 2011. So I have three powerful memories tied to it. And when they took it away, I was, I I dare say I raged a little bit. I was pretty angry about it. Say <laughs> you're understating what your reaction was. I, I was very angry. I was angry that it was done. She's like, I won't say we had to buy a new TV, but we had to buy a new TV. <laughs> or a video camera. <laughs> because I was even angrier when I saw what replaced it. I really yeah. I will maybe leave it at that for now. We'll talk about all the happy wishes memories. I'll let Sean go. I'll let him take a turn before I start raging again. Yeah, because I feel like there's going to be a lot to say about Happily Ever After. But before we get to Happily Ever After, so um, we took, when I was a kid, we took two trips to Disney as a family. But we did it very differently than a lot of people do do it now um i think that's by virtue of the first time we went it was the late 80s um and we went again in the mid 90s so what i think for the not to sound like the old man in the room and no i don't want you on my lawn for the younger (laughs) younger the younger people listening at the time there were not a lot of disney resorts um so it wasn't uncommon to stay off off-site. And I say if you are a child of the 80s, you certainly remember seeing commercials for two resorts. And if you were in the Northeast, it was, um, oh, what was that place in the Poconos? Um, I wanted to say Great Wolf. It wasn't Great Wolf. Mount Airy Lodge? Mount Airy Lodge was one, and the other was Kissimmee St. Cloud. And those very specific jingles. I remember right. both so of those. So it was yeah. Ma- beautiful Mount Airy Lodge, and then Kissimmee St. Cloud. I think they called it in the heart of the magic or the heart of Florida. Which is, by the way, a lie. It's like a good half hour. It, yeah. Everybody thought <laughs> was was like right next to it, Disney. I mean, I'm minutes away from Disney on Long Island. Technically, if you break it down, I too am minutes away. But, you know, <laughs> it's a lot of minutes. So we stayed off-site. And, and by, when you stayed off-site, it meant that by 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon, you were done. And the, the first time that we went, my brother was in diapers. He was t- uh, he was two years old. So we, you didn't stay. You're not you, putting in a full day. No, when you, you would leave. Diapers. No es- especially because we, I, the first time we went, we stayed at a Days Inn. And we would just go and have dinner wherever um, and rent a movie and then come home. And then the second time we went, we had a condo. So we would, my mom would come back and we'd, she'd cook. And we'd jump in the pool late at night and rent a video. And and that's how we did Disney. So I didn't see Disney fireworks for the first time until I was in high school. And it was not wishes. It was um, phantasmic. I didn't see fireworks in the Magic Kingdom. And I'm almost embarrassed to admit this. I did not see fireworks in the Magic Kingdom for the first time until I was 
get ready for it, 25 years old. And the first show I saw, of course, was wish- uh, was Wishes. We didn't see Festival, uh, or fa- um, what was it, Fantasy in the Sky. Fantasy in the Sky. So that's what Wishes replaced. And that was the original fireworks show at Magic Kingdom. We didn't see Spectro Magic. We, you know, so for me, even though it was not the first fireworks show I saw at Disney, I mean, it's very hard for you to ever forget the first time. And it's nothing against the other parks, you know. It really, it it, it isn't. But there's something about seeing fireworks at the Magic Kingdom on Main Street USA in front of the castle for the first time. And I remember being 25 years old. I was 25 going on five. And I had been to Disney a number of times, but I remember that was the first time ever feeling, you know, you have those moments when you're an adult that gets to feel like a kid again. That was the first time I ever felt that was watching Wishes. Even though I had never seen it before, I hadn't grown up with it. I think that there was just something that was so innocent about the show. And I think there was a message that was there primarily for kids. But, you know, as an adult, I think what struck me about that show more than anything else may have been the nostalgia, even though I, which sounds weird because I'd never seen it before. But I think it was that going back to being a child and you sort of you sort of expose yourself, right? You open yourself up to something that maybe right. Something that you maybe you hadn't felt or experienced before. Um and then we saw it a couple of more times, and then it was replaced with something that I feel is so quintessential Disney in in Happily Ever After. But that we'll have time to talk about that later. Obviously, our viewpoints on this are very different. Um, so, I mean, I have I don't have the same memories that you have, Jack. But I, I certainly have that memory with you. I have the memory of just seeing fireworks in the Magic Kingdom for the first time. I also remember being afraid for our relationship because I was like, if he doesn't like this show, I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> and I, th- I think part of the reason why I know the show so well, like it's the back of my hand, in spite of the fact that I've only seen it live three times, um, is because I videotape everything. And when we first started going to Disney and first started going on vacations, Jackie used to really bust my chops a lot because I would always have the camcorder out. And when I went to Disney as a kid, that was my dad. He always had the camcorder out. I mean, we have boxes of VHS tapes and, and, and you know, we only went twice, you know, but he made sure not to miss, you know, the Mickey Mania parade in 1994. Most of you don't even know what that is. And it, I can tell you, it certainly isn't Festival of Fantasy. It was ridiculous, but um, but I love, I love that parade. But I, and I'll I, die on that hill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I will forever have that music stuck in my head, that Mickey Mania music, because I remember it as a kid. But I have the clear memory because I have those VHS tapes, and it's the same thing when I watch Wishes. I mean, I. You can't wear out a, a DVD the way you could wear out a VHS. But if I had put this on tape, I would have worn it out. That's how many times I've seen it. <laughs> See, I feel you there. Um, because for me, Wishes, uh, I have a very interesting relationship with Wishes, which I'll get there. But uh, just talking about wearing out VHS tapes. Uh, do you guys know the Disneyland Fun sing-along song? Of course. Of course. I had the Disneyland VHS. 
Yeah, I destroyed that because I watched it so much. <laughs> because it was that and then all my planning VHS tapes. Every year, even though we weren't going, I begged my family to get a new planning VHS tape. And I had to have it because I had to... That was how you saw what was new. Yeah, I, I up until recently... Actually, no, that's a lie. I still watch the 1993 Vacation Planner because um, that was the one that we watched going into our trip in 94. And I actually found that somebody uploaded it onto YouTube and I pulled it off of YouTube and I burned it onto a DVD. And uh, that's the I'm going to Disney World song is on that VHS tape. And that's what I grew up with. So I feel you there. See, I'm not ashamed to admit that I have a playlist of Disney VHS planning tapes on YouTube. That's awesome. Just to go back and watch them. Um, but uh, so I th- actually, what was really interesting is you were like, I had not seen fireworks in Magic Kingdom for a while. Um, actually, the same for me. So growing up, um, I am a younger person and uh for me growing up and going to uh disney i the only fireworks show i well that's a lot i saw fancy in the sky and then wishes but i saw the very last few years of fancy in the sky um <clears throat> but for wishes um every time we left my family had this tradition of the fireworks we would get on the ferries and watch them as we left and um, so for me, I actually never got to see Wishes in the park a single time. I did oh, wow. see it, but from the fairies. <laughs> so you um, know what that not that's not the worst vantage point, especially when you would get the uh, perimeter uh, pyrotechnics. It's really right, not, you know, a lot of times you could still hear that music going through, so you still got the story of the show. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so for me, wishes we would uh, leave the park and I would watch it. And uh, funny enough, even not even seeing it in the park, just being able to hear the music and see the fireworks, tears instantly. Couldn't see sobbing, all the nasty crying, like needed a tissue. And um, to the point that my family would be like, Are you okay? And I'm like, No. Um, <laughs> Because I wasn't. I was too emotionally invested. Um, <laughs> but funny enough, I actually didn't even know of the grand, amazing part of Tinkerbell flying out of the castle um, until actually years later when, um, after the after the last trip I saw Wishes on. Um, and uh, it, it, it shocked me. I was like, didn't know there was all this going on. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's right because that's she'd be really tiny that might be really difficult to see from from that vantage point yeah near impossible it, yeah exactly yeah because mm-hmm. if you're not there you're not seeing it but you could still get the story the fireworks and so for me personally seeing it in person um, was never a priority for my family but they would always at least pull back so I could see most of it from the ferry or um, the TGC um, which again was not the best but I thoroughly enjoyed myself so I can't really complain I was at Disney 
you know i was i was lucky to go to disney at all so i can't really complain about that <laughs> um but a lot of wishes for me was actually living it through uh youtube later um in you know later years when it uh, was uploaded uh and uh, still to this day i will go back and i will watch and i will cry just as hard as i did when i saw it in person <laughs> Um, I actually started watching Wishes before we did this, just to kind of jog my memory, and I couldn't finish it, because I was like, if I don't stop now, I'm not going to be able to talk in the podcast without stopping. So let's <laughs> let's check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. <laughs> I love that you have such a strong emotional attachment to it, though, and that you don't associate it with having to leave the parks because that was kind of the other end of it for me I'd get very emotional watching it but I also knew like this was also sort of before magic hours became a regular thing Mm -hmm. so I also it was kind of the goodbye yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense I I think um I remember the first trip we took that 2011 trip and um I, I couldn't even watch it um, our last day. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't even watch it um, because at the time, you know, we've we're not annual pass holders. Although at this point, we probably should have really considered it because we went on that trip. We went on that trip and said we're gonna go all out. This is it. You know, we're not. We never thought that we would never go back again um, because I know that there are a lot of people where you hear these stories where they go and and listen we don't have a big family we don't have kids it's just us the dog doesn't come with us so it's not as cost prohibitive for us as it is if you're taking five or six people like i understand Mm -hmm. i i totally get that but i remember leaving that trip thinking we're not going to be back for at least 10 years and i i couldn't even watch the show um because i didn't want I didn't want it to be over and I thought for certain it would be and, and since then almost every year we've gotten either down there or or more recently we did our first trip out to Disneyland in California so we've we've had a lot of exposure to it but yeah I mean it's, it if you've seen it if it's your only day so that's the thing if you had never seen it before and it was your only day in the park I would say that it was probably easier to see it once and leave when you go back for the second day then it really punches you in the gut yeah she was ready to fight every time you saw her she was ready to give you that gut punch she wasn't gonna let up and let you be like okay have a good day it was okay are you are you sobbing yet no i'm gonna hit you again let's go (laughs) (laughs) um i do want to ask do uh either of you have a specific favorite part of the show that's a great question um i do but i'll let you go first i love jiminy as the narrator and i think that's part of my grievance with happily ever after um i feel because i i was talking about this recently actually that Sometimes I feel like you forget that Jiminy Cricket and Tinkerbell are from Pinocchio and Peter Pan, respectively, because they are two icons of the park. And I feel like Jiminy was the perfect host for wishes. Um, 
And I, I love the children singing at the beginning and the end of it. That's probably my favorite part of it. Um, as far as like a particular segment, um, I mean, there's a bunch of my favorite songs in there. We grew up in the Disney Dynasty era, so they do Aladdin, they do Beauty and the Beast, they do Little Mermaid. Like you, you it hits on everything that you'd want to hear. Probably though. I'd have to say my favorite part is Tinkerbell because when you're not expecting that and you realize that it is in fact a real person that's flying out of the castle, it blows your mind, especially when you're really young. Absolutely. I think my favorite part of the show was always um, when the blue fairy would come because the show would start off and it's like any other good performance of anything starts a little slow it builds up and then it slows down again but once you get you know i'd say you're almost three quarters of the way through the show and jiminy cricket says oh look it's the blue fairy and it's like at that point from that moment till the end of the show it really picks up the tempo and i feel like that's really where they hit you hard you know, I actually forgot about that part until you said it. And then as soon as you said, oh, it's the Blue Fairy, I was like, hold back the tears. Because that is the part. That was the part that always triggered those waterworks on me. Because I'd be like, yeah, it is the Blue Fairy. That's her right there. And I would instantly start crying. <laughs> oh, God. But also, you were mentioning Jimmy Cricket. Um, and we did a throwback episode a while uh, in season one about uh, spectral magic. And I will that Jiminy um, hosted both Spectro Magic and was at the end of Spectro Magic and then that went straight into Wishes with Jiminy and it just really, it was a double whammy of you just saw him, you just heard him and now he's taking you on a whole nother journey and it, it was a double whammy with him and uh, I, I I really, now that you bring it up I'm like, you know, I do miss hearing Jiminy in the parks, especially being a host of these major events of the parks I think that's also part of it for me, too, is that because that was a Walt era film, I think Jiminy is such a fitting host because he's still connected to Walt. And I feel like and I, I really do try not to compare them because I know that I am far too emotionally attached to wishes to, you know, ever after the fair shot but that is a big part of it for me is that I feel like Wishes encompasses so much more of Walt than Happily Ever After does. And I think that for us specifically that does mean something because you know, for anybody that's listened to Monoreal obviously we're talking about the films every week and when it comes to you know the live action remakes you know everything's getting a live action remake now whether it should or not and you know the question is always does it hold up and more times than not the live action remakes really haven't so i think there is something to be said there for the lineage and having jiminy cricket connected directly to walt disney that is such an amazing point um because, I mean, I'm also not a very big fan of the live-action remakes, and it's not because they're live-action or because they're remakes, it's just I haven't found one that I've genuinely enjoyed, personally. Um, I mean, I've had bits and pieces that I haven't, haven't found 
a single of the live action movies. So I'm like, yep, that's it. That's the one I like. That's the one I'm gonna rewatch again. Um, it just hasn't happened for me yet. Um, maybe that'll change, but I'll be honest, I highly doubt it. Um, but uh, <laughs> maybe I'm just a little bit salty too. But that's fair. Uh, <laughs> we're just gonna ignore that. Uh, but uh, I think you saying that really brings to light the point of Jiminy Cricket especially being the whole you know he is he's obviously Pinocchio's conscience but he's representative of everybody's conscience and everybody's goodness inside of them and to have him be the host of that um, was always a very interesting um, and emotional section uh, of the show and just He's just a good host, just a good character overall. Yeah, I think um, when you, it's it's hard to say because so many people connect him to Walt Disney. And I feel like, you know, my dad is in his late 60s and he talks about watching the original wonderful world of color on television and when you would watch that it was uncle walt right and Mm -hmm. i feel like jiminy cricket's demeanor in general is of all of the characters that came out of those original films he's probably the most not paternal obviously because an uncle i mean i guess like an uncle could be paternal Mm -hmm. but but i think he's probably the closest thing to what would be an uncle walt that's a good yeah. point. I, I always got grandpa vibes, you know, to use the hip slang of today. Um, I always got grandpa vibes um, from Jimmy Cricket. Not not as an old, but as in that kind of caring figure who was there and was always like, well, now remember, it's your decision. But, you know, make the right one. And I think just having him as that host was a big... Um, punch to the gut again <laughs> um, but particularly for me my favorite part of the show um, I, I had two uh, mine was the section where all the classic characters were telling what their wishes were so you know Ariel and Pinocchio and Peter Pan were all telling what wishes they hoped would come true and then um, also Go the distance. Whenever that would play, "Go the Distance" is one of those songs that will always get me in my feels, um, always bring me to tears. Wow, I really am a crybaby. Maybe this is therapy for me. Is this an intervention? I think it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but "Go the Distance" will always get me. It even gets me in "Happily Ever After," which I know, I know we got some feelings about that. But if you play the "Go the Distance" in any nighttime spectacular, it's it's gonna it's gonna gonna get there for me no and i think that that's you know they had to incorporate obviously some modern at the time you know hercules was one of the more recent ones that they incorporated into wishes right so and i get you have to appeal to the masses sure but i feel like that's one of very few more recent songs that can hit you in the feels the same day the same way that when you wish upon a star does Oh, yeah, I, I think so. Definitely. I, I agree with that. Uh, but now that we shared some lovely memories, 
now y'all got me intrigued and interested. I want to know how you feel about Happily Ever After and its replacement. Because I personally thoroughly enjoy it. Um, I have my bits and pieces where I'm like, yeah, I, I, I could do without that or I could add some of this in there. But I personally very much enjoy Happily Ever After. So now I need I, I need to hear these opinions. <laughs> You're not going to like me very much. <laughs> uh, unpopular opinion. I'd even go so far as to say that I don't like it. It's not to say at all. I don't hate the show. And admittedly, I am biased because of wishes. But it, I just don't connect with it in the same way at all. It doesn't hit me as emotionally... I don't think it tells as good of a story. And if I'm being really, really honest, I feel like I'm at a drive-in with pyrotechnics. You know, I cannot argue on that right there. I will agree with you that they obviously are leaning. So Wishes was a fireworks show. Happily Ever After is a nighttime spectacular. It and was I a think, budget cut. No, no, but there's a difference. There's a difference between a fireworks <laughs> show and a nighttime spectacular. To me, when you say nighttime expect, uh, spectacular, that's sort of all-encompassing. And here's the thing with Wishes and me. When I, and I, I said it before, so forgive me as I repeat myself, but when I saw it for the first time, it made me feel like a kid. And when I hear the music now and when I see the videos, I love it for its nostalgia. That's not to say it wasn't a great show. Wishes was unbelievable. It was a beautiful show. But from the moment we saw, and I'm not, I'm not afraid to admit when I get emotional and I don't that often, but I'm not afraid to admit, I'm not above admitting when, when something hits me. From the minute we saw Happily Ever After and that score comes on and the lights go out, there is something about that music that just hits me in my core. And it's just dun 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 dun. I'm done. I'm done before the thing even gets started. And Same. I think I think that as I as I as I've seen happily ever after and we've only seen it live three or four times but I think what does it for me is wishes was great but and it, it could speak to getting older there's something different because wishes is about may all your wishes come true and when you wish upon a star and the blue fairy great nothing wrong with that however as an adult i really connect to happily ever after more than i ever connected with wishes because while making wishes is great i've lived in the world where you got to make it happen for you and the entire if you really listen to the lyrics of the of the songs that are played and specifically the title track happily ever after reach out and find your reach out and yeah. find your happily ever that's after that's fair um it's about a new hope a new day i think between the two because here's the thing a lot of people love to say 
it all started with a mouse. And they're not wrong. They're not wrong. But it didn't all start with a mouse. It started with Walt Disney. Without Walt Disney, there's no mouse. So when I hear about adversity, finding your own way, making your own luck, following your heart, opening yourself up, and celebrating not just the triumphs, but the failures. That's, that that entire thing to me, and I wish that they would put him in on the projection, and they didn't, and I, I think yes, that's, yes, the, yes, 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 yes. that's the biggest miss of Happily Ever After, but I think that that show is the one show that I've seen that is the most connected to Walt Disney. Wow. You know... When you say that, it really puts a lot of it in perspective of, you know, it, it really, Happily Ever After is very, you have to work to make your dreams come true, but your dreams can still come true. Where Wishes was very, I, I've said it once and I'll say it again. I feel, I feel as if Wishes was made for the kid inside everybody, but Happily Ever After is made to remind everybody to live life and to work for what you want it's not that wishes don't come true it's you need to work for wishes to come true and that's okay where wishes was wish believe wishes was believe in yourself and dreams come true and happily after is wish believe and work in your you know to make your wishes come true so i think i mean i i definitely connect with both um again strong emotionally but I'm also a cancer, so um, I'm also just an emotional bag of tears at all times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I think that's a really interesting point. But I also see Jackie's side of the whole. Um, I mean, they they there there are some things that when you sit down and you look at it, although it is an amazing nighttime spectacular. There are some things that just don't read very well and that could have used more work before it premiered. Yeah, I think if you look at some of the nighttime shows in recent history that they've canceled, I personally took more... I t I'm not going to say offense because that's a really that's that that may no that that's a really misused word. I took more. I, I had a more painful reaction, I should say, in my heart, hearing that Illuminations was going away, as opposed Ooh, that hurt me too. wishes. Mm. Now I I must say though I think and I'll and I'll let you jump on this too. I think we're sort of in the minority of people where. We do miss Illuminations, and I'm not saying Epcot Forever is better, but I absolutely love Epcot Forever, and I think Epcot Forever is my jam. It's the but it's the Walt connection. It's good. It's yeah. good. It's good. But I think that is what I love so much about Wishes, too, is because, and I don't want to. I, I do have to say, I don't want to take away with how amazing those projections actually are because some of them are very impressive impressive like probably my favorite part of happily ever after is when quasimodo climbs up the tower because mm. it looks so real the way it that does and hunchback is one of my favorite movies and out there's one of my favorite songs and... me too oh it's an underrated movie and i'm gonna say that and i know you guys are experts on movies when it comes to disney i know that is your jam but i <laughs> i will 
unabashedly say how much I love Punchback and how much I love Quasimodo and the movie and the music and everything about it. <laughs> Same. And that is an amazing part of Happily Ever After. But then to me, it's like sort of disconnected when you see Lightning McQueen driving on the castle and it's very Pixar heavy. And that's why I will die on the wishes hill because it's just the audio. So it's not you would think with a visual cueing you what to see there's more of an attachment there but to me i kind of like that i'm hearing all this audio and it kind of lets my imagination go and i i just feel more connected to it so it's more of for you in 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 regards to happily ever after they're telling you what you're seeing, whereas with Wishes, you're seeing it in your own mind in collaboration with the music and the pyrotechnics. Exactly. And because it's it, Wishes is also rooted in more of the fantasy movies and Happily Ever After covers everything, which I can appreciate because, again, you're trying to appeal to everyone. And you do have to include things like Moana along with Jungle Book and get that whole spectrum of, of the Disney canon because then, you know, kids aren't going to... They're, they're just not going to like it if they don't see characters that they like up there. But as a Disney purist, you can go and see something similar over at Hollywood Studios. And I feel like that's where all the Pixar stuff belongs. I kind of feel like leave my fantasy stuff alone. And that's where Wishes also did it better. I've always thought as an interesting I've, people find this interesting for me, which I guess me saying that makes it not interesting or whatever. Um, I have always thought it would be better almost to keep Happily Ever After um, very similar to what it is, but have it almost it, have it almost not themed, but encompass movies that reference Magic Kingdom, like the la- land wise. So. Yeah. Frontierland, Fantasyland, Tomorrowland, Adventureland, Liberty Square, et cetera, and so on, to have movies that kind of embody that aspect of the park and kind of give you the feeling of, because um, we're going to go real deep. I've always seen Magic Kingdom as um, not the park to go into the movies, but I've always seen Magic Kingdom as a park where you are going into a storybook and each land is a different genre of that storybook or of you know a fantasy story so i think you saying that um really brings a lot of it to light for me of like uh happily rapper does encompass things that somewhat feel like they don't fit into magic kingdom um and i, I do think some of the nighttime spectaculars are almost becoming homogenous where they're all very similar um which can be a downfall in my personal opinion um where wishes was very unique it was very magic kingdom it was very it it it, it heavily relied on the themes of magic kingdom um because like wishes, wishes wouldn't work in like animal kingdom or epcot but um happily ever after probably could exactly yeah, I think you hit on something there. If they projected Happily Ever After on the Chinese theater as opposed to their rotating slate of nighttime spectaculars as a means of drawing people away from Fantasmic, even though they've added the seating at Fantasmic, um, I think you're right. That, um, that show 
it sort of would just about work anyway. I don't think anything really works in Animal Kingdom, and I'm fine not having a nighttime spectacular in Animal Kingdom. Yeah, like, I'm I don't want to see Quasimodo swinging from the tree of life, but, no. but <laughs> a lot of those films would be projected on the no. tree. But I, I think you're right, though. You can kind of insert Happily Ever After. I mean, and you could even expand that even further, and you can insert Happily Ever After into Disneyland, you can insert it into Disney's California Adventure. And I will agree with both of you there that Wishes was unique, was uniquely Magic Kingdom. I I think that Wishes itself really genuinely stood the test of time. Um, I, I do think it got to a point where it was either we needed a Wishes 2.0 or Wishes did need to go, um, which I know may may make you mad um (laughs) but uh i i think wishes got to a point where it it was on its last leg so it either needed to be bumped up to a 1.0 with you know maybe not projections and everything that happily ever after has but maybe um maybe uh more story or more advanced uh pyrotechnics or you know something along those lines um or it just needed to be replaced at some point but my favorite thing is that with this show and with it running for so long i mean that's a long time for a show to run um definitely i I, it, it really left its mark forever on disney fans um and you know it's it's still pretty recently gone it's only a few years gone so i mean there it 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 really left its mark on multiple generations which is what i think is super cool i will give you that one because you know back to what i was talking to at the top at the top of the episode i saw it on my senior trip again with my family and my first trip with my then boyfriend now husband that is a long time even just in the span of one person's life. So I totally agree with you there. I think, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. When you sit there and you look at it, you're talking 14 years. The show runs for 14 years. Now I I have to put myself in, I gotta put my business hat on now. And there's two schools of thought here. The first being that show could not last any longer be, due to the fact that, as you pointed out before, no Moana, no Frozen, no Wreck-It mm-hmm. Ralph. It's great that they focused on the Disney Renaissance films, but some of those films had only been out for four or five years at the time. Mm -hmm. Maybe a little bit longer. Some of them 10 or 11 years. But now some of those movies, and I don't want to admit it, but I have to, are 30 years old. So you have to think about it as if somebody is spending, they're bringing the family of five. It's the mother, the father, and the two and a half children are coming down to Disney. It's a seven, excuse me, it's a seven or $8,000 trip on the low end. Okay? You gotta make sure those kids, they wanna see Elsa. They wanna see Moana. It's not that they don't have an opportunity to see them in the parks, but you wanna see them everywhere. It's why people who complain, oh, I've heard Let It Go too many times in the parks. It's like, right, but put yourself in the shoes of those who can't go very often. There are certain things you expect when you go to a Disney park. That's one of them. That's that's the first thing. The second thing is, let's say that you take your... Like, for example, Jackie, let's take your example. 
you're seven or eight years old. They take you down to Disney World for the first time. You all go together. You see wishes. It's magical. Dad puts it on the VHS tape. Now it's on a memory stick. But you see it. You love it. And you want to go back for your senior trip. We're all going to take that senior high school trip together. You graduated the last real family vacation. Let's go back, live this beautiful memory from childhood because we're getting ready to let you go out into the world. You're going to go to college. And it's the same fireworks show you saw 14 years earlier. You know what? I sort of see where some people say, oh, you know, I spent a lot of money here. And, and well, it's Disney World is just the same thing that it was when we were here a long time ago. And Disney World and the Disney properties, as Walt said, will always be evolving. This was one of those things that whether you wanted it to or not, it had to evolve. Did they evolve it the right way? I love Happily Ever After. Um, I have that connection more. I've said that before. Though I do see where people like yourself have an issue with it. Well, I guess that's it for me is that like I want to live in my never grow up Disney bubble. And part of that, it's like wishes was like a talisman for 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 going back to my childhood. I mean, I, I think that's a really interesting point because like I have something that's completely most people don't even remember or they they're like, what is that? Uh one of the one of like those big things for me with Disney um, <laughs> that actually bothered me more than most of the major changes was uh, it's a small one was a very big attachment for me. It was a ride I could ride frequently um, with my grandma um, because long story short had quite a bit of a group with back problems. I couldn't really do everything, so. Small World was a ride I was very attached to. And I, I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, when Small World used to be super colorful and they had these fountains that would shoot yes. out on either side when you were entering and exiting. When yes. I went back and saw that it was white and gold, I was like, what is... I am disgusted. <laughs> and it's funny that you mention that because I remember when we went on our trip in 2011 and we went... <laughs> we, we walked up and... I'm just going to say... Uh, we walked up and I said... Where the hell are all the colors? Because I remember, <laughs> I remember in the 90s, it looks like you just threw a bunch of Skittles on the wall. But i that's how I remember Small World from the 90s. Right. And I, I remember saying, I guess they wanted to make it look like Disneyland. But what happened in here? Yeah, then go to Disneyland. That was a big thing for me. I know it's very off topic, but as soon as you said that, that that was the first thing that came to my mind. Is I had that same reaction when I walked into Small World. And I was like, "Where? This isn't Small World. Where's Small World? Did they change it? Did they move it? Is this, have is you, this it? Have you got? Um, have you gotten on? Uh, have you gotten out to uh, a Disneyland in California? I have not. Um, so unfortunately, I am what most people would describe as poor um, <laughs> <laughs> um it's an unfortunate disease and um for only a few cents a day you guys can sponsor me in my trip to disneyland um <laughs> but um you know what i've always wanted to i find disneyland to be such a beautiful park full of so much history and so many attractions that i want to ride because i'm a sucker for an old school dark ride an old school disney dark ride has my heart so i want to do 
Pinocchio's daring journey. I want to do Snow White Scary Adventure again because that traumatized me and I need to conquer that fear. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I want to do Mr. Toad. I want to ride Alice in Wonderland. I, I need to go to these old school dark rides. It is at it is at one of the top of my theme park bucket list is to go to Disneyland. So I won't tell you exactly what happens in Small World, but I will say when you go ride that ride, just keep an open mind, I guess is what I would say. It's 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 almost the same thing, but there are some things in there that when you see them, you're going to say, why is that in here? Because I know that's what I thought when I went on Small World for the first time. I know what you were talking I know, I feel, actually, I feel like it's a few things I know what you're talking about. Because I, I, I'm somebody who, I don't mind air quotes that you guys can't see, um, spoiling <laughs> stuff for myself. <laughs> uh, so I, I've watched plenty of uh, POV videos on YouTube of Disneyland. Um, because it's one of those things where I don't know when I'm gonna get out there. I just know I will one day, so I might as well do it because we know Disney's always evolving and changing. So maybe something I want to do now is not gonna be there. Um, but I've seen a few things where I'm just like, "Huh, that's interesting." And the thing that bothers me the most, and I've talked to some of my friends from California, and they say the thing that bothers them the most about Small World at uh, Disney World. I I am bothered when I watch Disneyland's and that the water is just in the trough and doesn't extend or out. <laughs> <laughs> and they always said they're like, when I went to Disney World, I was thoroughly confused as to why the water was just going out so far. And I was like, why is yours not going out at all? What is this? <laughs> yeah, it's that old uh, that old World's Fair mechanism. It's that old it track. It's, it's those little things that, that get you. And I, I think that's always so interesting to find those little things that people are like, why does that bother me so much? It's so funny that you say that too, because I, when we were out there two years ago, I rode a uh, mission breakout, um, the old uh, tower of terror. And, and I was right. standing on the line right. with somebody and I, it's, then they, they, that was our first time, first and only time at Disneyland. And I remember they asked me, Oh, uh, do you go to the Orlando often? And we do. And I said, yeah. And they go, what do you think is better? And I said, as an all-around experience, the one in Orlando is better, but the more fun ride as the two uh, of the two is Mission Breakout. I got a 25-minute lecture on why I was wrong about that. <laughs> they did not let that go. That was the first... And the only time when it comes to a California purist that I will ever say anything in Orlando <laughs> is better. Um, I will say that I've learned my lesson. Well, no, I haven't learned my lesson because it's happened more than once to me where I have talked to people and I'm like, you know what? I personally more enjoy that. And then I always go that you've never been. You can't say anything. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. I won't see anything. <laughs> I'm sorry. California is amazing. Great sunshine, all that stuff. Uh, <clears throat> California Adventure. Um, but, you know, it's great. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, sometimes people don't like my opinions about the Disney parks, and that's okay. <laughs> um, no, but I think that actually wraps us up very well um, for our 
theme park throwback to wishes. We're going to hop back in that time rover and head back to uh, Animal Kingdom. I promise you going to have this back um, after a couple hours because um, Dr. Marsh does not particularly like when he lends this to me. And by that, I mean she does not know that he lends this to me. Um, <laughs> so we're going to hop in and take that back real quick. <laughs> but before we do... Um, I want to thank you both for being on the show. I It was such an honor to have you both. And I also had it so much fun discussing this with you guys and going back and remember the multiple tears shed, um, whether I saw the show or not through the tears, that's still a mystery. But um, <laughs> I am so glad that you guys came on. And right before we go, I would love to ask you guys, do you have anything you'd like to plug? And I know you do. Uh, I just want to say thank you so much for having us. This is a blast. Um, you can find us uh, on social media at Monoreal Radio, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and our newly revamped website, monorealradio.com. Yep. And you can find us on your podcast platform of choice. Um, I mean, we're basically everywhere. So if iTunes, Spotify, iHeart. It, it, we're everywhere. It, it would be, it, we can't hide. We, we, we can't hide at all. <laughs> What they're saying is their podcast is very bad at hide and seek um, because you're going to find them real easily. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, But guys, definitely please go check out Monoreal uh, Radio. It is one of the best podcasts I've heard. It's very professional, very edited well. It's so nice. Um, Unlike me, but that's okay because y'all don't come for me. Y'all don't don't come to me for that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If you want like a real podcast... You go to them. If you want somebody yelling at the bedroom on the cell phone, come to me. Um. <laughs> well, somebody's listening to you right now. All right, you you are a real podcast. Yeah, yeah, um. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's fair. I'll give, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. <laughs> you have structure and you have personality. I can tell you that those should be like rules number one and two for launching a podcast. So you, my friend, have checked those boxes. There are a lot of people that don't. Don't sell yourself short. (laughs) You know, now that you say that, I won't because I've heard a few podcasts. I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. Yep, you definitely recorded that. Uh, (laughs) You turned on that mic. Go you super proud um (laughs) um, but thank you guys so much for uh joining me today uh and i almost forgot my own plugs wow scatterbrain uh for me you guys can follow me on uh twitter at at scott 021 or look up dyslexic you can follow me on instagram at dyslexic 96 you can follow me on uh tiktok at dyslexic and you can listen to the dyslexic podcast every week um on your podcast platform of choice which I will obviously share those in a second Um, but thank you all for joining us for another theme park throwback episode if you enjoyed this episode then you can find all of season 1 and 2 of Dyslexic um, and one of my theme park based reality show Ultimate Imagineer on all major podcast platforms uh, which includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, etc., and so on. And if you really, really enjoyed this episode, which I'm really hoping you did, um, then share with your friends and family and give us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. All that being said, have an amazing day, week, month, year, etc. I wish you all the best. You deserve it. Uh, having a <laughs> reading stuff over and over again. 
Also, make sure you're washing your hands, your social distancing, you're wearing your mask, your mask, and also make sure you're treating others with respect. And uh, remember, last thing, all your wishes will come true. Bye, everybody.